Are you ready for the quantum age? Humanity's next step in evolution? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you to the extraordinary platform of evolutionary voices for the quantum age. Let's explore. Learn more about this upcoming age where we bridge science with spirituality. Where potentiality meets reality. Where we take compassion into action. Our trailblazers and visionaries will ask the whys, the what-ifs, while igniting continuous possibility. Come along with us into an age beyond what we know today, where we can grow together in unity consciousness. Experience evolutionary voices for the quantum age, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on DreamVision7Radio.com. Welcome to What's in Your Way is the Way with your host, Mary O'Malley, inviting you to open to the radical notion that in your life, whatever you perceive to be in your way is the way. In other words, your challenges, whether they be relationships, compulsions, finances, or illness, come with gifts embedded in them that can bring healing and allow you to experience the joy of being fully alive. Mary is a counselor, awakening mentor, inspirational speaker, and the author of What's in the Way is the Way, the gift of our compulsions, belonging to life, and the magical forest of aliveness. What's in Your Way is the Way with Mary O'Malley is part of Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age. Heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Hello and welcome to What's In Your Way Is The Way. I'm your host, Mary O'Malley. And today we are exploring the suffering of reaction, the joy of response. What is it that we most deeply long for? We think it may be better health, more money, more adventure, your soulmate. But what we really most deeply long for is to be at one again with the creative flow of life. This flow that has been going on for billions of years has created the DNA molecule, pristine mountains, baby dolphins, mountain lions, and you. The place that you can merge again with the joy of being at one with life is in this living moment, right now, as you are listening. This is the only moment that matters in your whole life, and it's completely brand new. Life will never be like this again. So take a moment and look around. See your life. Feel your life. Hear your life in this living moment. For this moment is your home. It was hard to be here, wasn't it? It's so easy to think about life or try to be here or just space out. But once we see that our mind puts filters of struggle, of liking and disliking, of right and wrong, of good and bad between us and the living moment, we connect with such a deep longing to come home, 
but you can't get home by trying to be here. Oh, I am going to live in the now now. That is the endless game of struggle, managing life rather than being life. How we come home is to recognize the struggles that keep us caught in a bubble of struggle, giving them our full accepting attention so they can let go. I want to share with you a wild and crazy day I experienced that highlights the ability to dissolve our struggles through the light of our accepting attention. A couple of weeks ago, I was walking down the sidewalk to clean out my storm drain, and I stepped off wrong and fell really hard and did a real number on my right ankle and another on my left knee. And so I, you know, walked back into the house. I thought, okay, this is just a little sprain. But by about six o'clock that night, I knew I was in trouble. So I called the urgent care. I couldn't go to the ER because you have to wait a long time and I can't be in public because of my immune system for a long period of time. And so they said, sorry, we are totally booked tonight. Uh, we have an opening when we open at eight o'clock in the morning. So, okay. Okay. I'll just come in at eight o'clock. Well, needless to say, it was a bit of a sleepless night. And then I got up in the morning and uh, I'm on chemo. And so that really makes me constipated. And this morning I had diarrhea. I, I'm assuming it came from the shock of the fall and uh, and I barely made it to the toilet, you know, and then went into the kitchen and to make my breakfast. And thankfully, I had a pair of crutches around here. So I was hobbling around on the crutches. And all of a sudden, I had to use the toilet again. And I went into the bathroom and the toilet was plugged. So here I am standing on a crutch with a plunger in the other hand, needing to use the toilet. And then finally, I did get it all um, all. Uh, cleared and used the toilet. And then I went to order an Uber. And guess what? There are no Uber drivers awake at 7.30 on a Sunday morning. It said, sorry, no service. So, okay, I, I can drive myself. I'll be very careful. So then I get dressed and I go out to the door, out to my car, and I set the alarm and I get to the car, I have to put the crutches in the back, I get into the front seat, and Simply Safe calls me and said, your alarm is going off. <laughs> Evidently, I had hit home rather than away. And so I had to get out of the car, get the crutches out of the car, go back up, unlock the door, you know, reset the alarm, come back, put the crutches in the car, get in the car, and Simply Safe calls me again. And I have to repeat the same thing. And I want you to get a sense that this is, oh, this doesn't end there. It just, life just keeps on bringing me challenges. So I get to the urgent care and I'm the first one there and I wait for a half an hour. And then they finally take me back to the x-ray machine and he's positioning my foot in a way that, oh my God, you sure you have to take it with that? position? Yep, we have to. So then he goes behind, you know, where his little desk is, and he's behind there for a long period of time. And he finally comes out and says, I am so sorry, but our x-ray machine is not working. 
<laughs> so they got me a boot. You know, I the X-ray machine that was working was about twenty minutes away. So I drove to this place, and and all the challenges up to this point, I just noticed. So I would tighten, and I would just like, oh no, no, this is life. We we are going to stay open to whatever life is offering. But on that drive, that old ancient feeling of this is too much began to arise. And I, you know, found it in the pit of my stomach and I breathed into it, but it wasn't letting go. And I was really fatigued by that time, you know, not sleeping much the night before. So I decided I was going to listen to a book on tape that I had downloaded the night before. And so I turn it on and it starts with a chant. I thought, oh, that's an interesting way to start a book with a chant. And by the time I drove into the, um, um, into the parking lot of the second urgent care, it started playing the next song, which was Sinead O'Connor's This Is to Mother You. And my heart just opened completely. And I sat there in the parking lot with tears running down my face. All day long, when a new challenge would come, I would tighten and resist. But that tightening alerted me that I was caught in struggling with life rather than being present for it. As Eckhart Tolle says, always say yes to the present moment. What could be more futile, more insane, than to create inner resistance to what already is? What could be more insane than to oppose life itself, which is now and always now? Surrender to what is. Say yes to life and see how life suddenly starts working for you rather than against you. And I will have Deborah put that quote on my page at Dream Visions so you can, uh, you can copy it. So over and over again, my mind and body would react. But then I met the reaction, whether it was anger, fear, frustration, despair, impatience, judgment. I would bring my attention into my body. I see you. I know this is hard, but this is for us. What I know now is our thoughts and feelings and sensations are just like you and me. When they are told to go away, they are not welcome, they are unacceptable, or are just ignored. How do we feel? Yuck! But if somebody acknowledges what we are experiencing, meeting us with compassion and understanding, we soften. We are. So I responded over and over again to what life was offering and then would bring my attention back into life, back to the creative flow. And I had wonderful connections with the staff at both locations. But on this drive, 
the this is too much mind came and I acknowledged it, this very young and vulnerable part of me. And I breathed into the tightness, which is where the overwhelm was expressing itself, but it didn't completely release. So that's when I began, oh, I turned on what I thought was the uh, book on tape. And as I was sitting in that parking lot, The chorus of this song is, This is to mother you, to comfort you and get you through, through when your nights are lonely, through when your dreams are only blue. This is to mother you. As I listened, All the struggles faded into the background, and I simply rested in the healing balm of my own heart. When the experience of it all being too much had shown up without even noticing it, I slipped into the feeling I was all alone. When the song came on, it reminded me that the presence at the heart of life is with me every step of the way. In other words, I have never been alone. Or as Sinead said at the end of the song, Oh child, we are so glad we found you. Although our arms have always been around you. Sweet bird, although you did not see us, we see you. And I think you can get a sense of why I just cried and cried. Because it had been you know, challenging afternoon, evening, night, morning. And as I sat in that parking lot with tears streaming down my face, I also remembered that all of this wasn't happening to me. It was happening for me. And I would grow and integrate even more from this day. Or, as Eckhart said, surrender to what is. Say yes to life and see how life suddenly starts working for you rather than against you. So why was I given this very challenging day? Was it punishment from God or karmic retribution? Or maybe, just maybe, this earth is a schoolroom and each and every challenge we are given comes bearing gifts. They are no accidents. There are no ordinary moments. I have a very favorite poem in my bathroom. Listening to your heart and finding out who you are is not simple. It takes time for the chatter to quiet down. In the silence of not doing, we begin to know what we feel. If we listen, and hear what is being offered, then anything in life can be our guide. Wow! If we listen and hear what is being offered, then anything in life can be our guide. In other words, we move beyond being the victim to our life, which is how most people live, is happening to me and it's not okay, it's not the way I want it to be. Oh, that is endless struggle. 
But when you hear this quote, when you hear what Eckhart is saying, you move out of the victim mode and into direct connection with a trusting relationship with life. On that day, I was listening to what was being offered. I was letting life teach me about life. Not only did it show me how much space I have around the struggles in my mind now, but it also showed me that my edge still is, this is too much, and the helpless, hopeless despair that comes with it, because that was the main flavor of my childhood. Well, we're in a body. We will all have an edge, a place where we still identify with struggle rather than simply acknowledging it with compassion and learning from it. But I have come from a tight ball into a very spacious place, but I still have an edge, and that is the place where all true growth happens. But most of us don't know how to be curious and compassionate with whatever life brings us. It's because we live in a dualistic mind that likes this and doesn't like that, thinks this is good and that is bad, this is right and that is wrong. Re-entering the creative flow of life is becoming one with the joys and the sorrows, the easy times and the difficult times. But our minds are afraid of this. They are constantly trying to control life, do life rather than be life, and try to get rid of what we don't want and get to the so-called good stuff. Hopefully my story reveals that true healing comes from showing up for life exactly as it is even on days that are truly difficult. If you're honest with yourself, when, as Stephen Levine would say, the shit hits the fan and the fan hits the shit, you probably get lost in reaction. In fact, we are conditioned into reaction. It is the default mode of our conditioned mind. All you have to do is watch what is happening in the Middle East or in arguments you've had with a loved one or when you're calling a helpline and round and round you go in their endless prompts that eventually lead nowhere. We pay a heavy price by being run by our reactions. They upset our minds, our bodies, our hearts, and they don't bring us the peace, the connection the harmony we long for. Oh, yes, we may have the temporary uh, joy of being the right one, but that soon fades, and all we're left with is the tightness in our body, minds, and hearts. So how do we learn the art of unhooking from our reactions so we can respond to life instead rediscovering over and over again the joy of being present for life exactly as it is. The skills that we have learned while living in our conditioned mind, the doing, fixing, managing, controlling, understanding, rising above, getting rid of, may be necessary at times as we move through our lives, 
but they are not the skills that will bring us the freedom from our addiction to struggle. The skills that unhook us from this addiction are the exact opposite. They give whatever is here the spaciousness to simply be. As Stephen Levine would say, healing is about bringing curiosity and compassion into that which we have held in judgment and in fear. And I want to say that again because this is the, this is the heart of what I am sharing with you today. Healing is about bringing curiosity and compassion into that which we have held in judgment and in fear. When we learn the art of not struggling with our struggles, giving them instead the light of our accepting attention, they begin to dissolve as the fog lifts with the gaze of the morning sun. Before we explore the skills, it's important to recognize that you live in a mind that is geared for reaction. We learned this when we first showed up on this planet. To react to a rustle in the forest or a lightning storm kept us alive. All of life is hardwired for reactions. Think of a sea anemone and you will see what I mean. When it comes to humans, even though most of us live in a relatively safe environment, we are still enmeshed in reactions. And it isn't so much about our environment that we react to as it is about our liking and disliking mind. When it doesn't get what it wants from life, it reacts. When it gets what it doesn't want, it reacts. It dislikes pain, boredom, illness, loss of control, and the unknown. But we don't have to live at the mercy of our reactions. We can discover we have a choice to follow our reactions down the rabbit hole of struggle or cultivate the art of responding. In other words, we can become smarter than our reactive mind. It also helps to Recognize that the foundations of your struggling mind, that thing that talks in your head all day long, were created when you were a child. Yes, we grow and change, but the very foundations of the conversations in your head remain the same until you begin to see them and relate to them rather than from them. It is the difference between saying, I am so afraid, and fear is here, or I see you fear. So the first skill is becoming a tightness detective. It helps to see that when you are in reaction, your body tightens. This cuts you off from the free-flowing aliveness that is who you really are. You can use this tightening as an alert system, letting you know you have gotten caught in reaction again. All morning, I would catch myself tightening, and then, because I have befriended my mind, invite it to let go and come back to life as it is. And every time, I re-entered the creative flow of life. Oh, such joy. Once you reconnect even a little bit 
with the absolute joy of staying open to life exactly as it is, you begin to see that the experience of staying open and available to whatever is happening is much different than the reactive mode. To be open to life is to come home. To be open to life is to reconnect with energy flowing throughout your whole being, not impeded by the struggles in your mind. And the more you do, the more you rest in a field of vitally alive and joyous energy that fills every nook and cranny of your being. You also realize that during your entire life, you have never, ever been alone. The intelligence at the heart of life has been with you every step of the way, loving you every moment. Oftentimes, because the reactive mode is so seductive, it's hard to unhook from its grip. It loves to be right. It loves to make other people wrong. I find that it helps immensely to move the tight energy. You can do that through breath. And if that interests you, you can listen to one of my shows on breath. Uh, all you do is go to my page on Dream Visions, uh, click on the all episodes on demand, and then search for the word breath. I think I have three or four uh, shows on breath. You can loosen its grip also by exercising in a way that gets your heart pounding. And you can even loosen its grip by taking a shower or going outside. Once you cultivate moving your bound up energy, it becomes much easier to move it through by loving attention. What do I mean by that? One of the most important things I can share with you is that the healing of our reactive mind doesn't come from trying to manage it or stop it. In fact, you may be hearing that I'm telling you to stop reacting, but that is very far away from what I'm saying. Trying to stop reaction is just reacting to the reaction. Oh, I don't like this reactive part of me, so I'm going to stop doing it. Good luck. Instead, rather than managing our experience, it comes from engaging with it exactly as it is. This means being present for the struggles rather than being lost in them or trying to numb out. For that whole morning when I noticed I was getting tight, I would acknowledge the struggles in my mind like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I was the first one here this morning and I have to wait. Oh, the way you're positioning my foot for the x-ray really hurts and I don't like it. Oh no, your x-ray machine is broken. It means I have to go someplace else. Oh my God, if I broke it, that means I won't be able to take my daily walks and I absolutely need them. Rather than getting lost in these reactions, I would acknowledge them, and then bring my attention right into the space I was in. And if my mind was still upset, I brought my attention to the mother rhythm of my breath. And since I've spent a lot of time with this wonderful ebb and flow of life, this would usually calm down my mind. But if my mind was still upset, I would simply acknowledge it 
And I would say a mantra that came to me years ago, a mantra that speaks core truth to me. This is what life is offering, just a wave passing through. No need to push it away. It belongs here. No need to hold on. Everything changes. Meet what is here with curiosity and compassion so it can move right on through and you can remember with who you truly are. Oh, I love this mantra, especially it belongs here, that just dissolves any resistance to what life is offering. It allowed me to be the awareness that can see the struggles rather than identify with them. The more you relate to your mind rather than from it, the more you can watch it struggle with life, and the more you remember that these stories were laid down inside of you when you were a child. You are that which can see them. You are not the stories themselves. This will bring you to the art of truly setting struggle free, which comes from your heart. I love the quote from The Course in Miracles, everything is love or a request for love. From that moment, I stepped off the curb wrong and through the rest of the next day, I kept on remembering everything I am experiencing is just a request for love. When we are struggling, the tightness in our body, our mind, our heart is requesting the balm of our healing hearts. I have a favorite quote from the beloved monk Thich Nhat Hanh that I keep close to my heart. He says, when suffering comes up, we have to be present for it. We shouldn't run away from it or cover it up with consumption, distraction, or diversion. We should simply recognize it and embrace it like a mother lovingly embracing a crying baby in her arms. The mother is mindfulness, and the crying baby is the mother. It feels comforted immediately and suffers less, even though the mother does not yet know exactly what the problem is. Just the fact that the mother is embracing the baby is enough to help the baby suffer less. We don't need to know where suffering comes from. We just need to embrace it, and that already brings some relief. As our suffering begins to calm down, we know we will get through it. Oh, thank you, Thich Nhat Hanh. One of the best definitions I've ever heard of love is being in the same space with whatever is. That is what Thich Nhat Hanh is talking about. He calls it mindfulness, but I call it heartfulness. For me, mindfulness is the art that we just talked about, the art of being present for whatever is happening. But heartfulness is the art of giving whatever is here the loving space it needs to let go. Our thoughts, our feelings, and sensations are just like you and me. As we explored before, when somebody tells us to go away or we shouldn't be like we are or I'm going to control you, 
we get upset. But if somebody says, I see you're upset, and it's okay that you are here, and I am here with you. What we are experiencing responds in the same way we do, whether it's thoughts, feelings, sensations. They let go under the gaze of a wise, accepting heart. Over and over again on that day, when a new challenge would come, I would initially react, but the tightening would alert me. I would calm things with my breath and give my loving attention to whatever was struggling inside of me. The joy of just a few seconds before being lost in struggle and then coming back to the immediacy of life, to the living moment, which is our home, without any story laid over the top of it, was indescribable. Of course, I would slip into reaction again when a new challenge came, but not for very long. A great image that encompasses what we're talking about is to imagine a little girl who fell off her tricycle and ran to her mother who reacted like we oftentimes do with our suffering, impatience, judgment, trying to make it go away. So the mother says, you're okay, that's just a little scratch. Well, can't you see I'm busy? Stop making a big thing out of nothing, and if you keep on crying, I'm going to give you somebody to cry about. Of course, the child keeps on crying, and the mother sends her to her room. Now, imagine a mother who responds rather than reacts. She stops what she is doing. She gets down on the child's level and says, Oh, I see you have a boo-boo. Can I kiss it? Almost immediately, the child goes back outside to play, for she was met by the loving acceptance she needed, and her struggles moved right on through her. A meditation I had a few days after the fall highlights the power of loving awareness. It began with a lot of disturbance. My mind truly disliked the upset sleep, the nausea that came when I did too much, which was actually very little, the aching pain, and the fact that my movements were very limited. I am not a good sitter arounder. I brought my attention to the mother rhythm of my breath, but my mind continued to struggle. Remembering that meditation is about being with what is, I said, without changing anything, notice what is here. What I noticed was the stubborn one. It was like a mule that sat down in complete resistance. Rather than try to change this, I told it, I see you. And I know what we're experiencing is difficult. If you need to stay here the whole time, that is okay. Since I was truly sincere when I said that, my mind calmed down and the resistance let go. Then I could rest in my breath. And as my meditation deepened, I let go so deeply that I opened inside the breath. And when you are that connected to life, you open to the field of joy and love that is at the heart of life. As Rumi said, this is a very famous line that comes through a poem that is so obtuse, you do not know what he's talking about. But people have lifted this one 
line out of this poem and shared it over and over again all over the world because it touches something that we are beginning to remember with. And Rumi says, beyond right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I will meet you there. In other words, beyond the struggles in our minds, there is a field. I will meet you there. What I'm sharing is not a quick fix, but it is the way out of our addiction to struggling with life so that we can reconnect with the creative flow of life, be at one with the creative flow. And of course, I still get caught. <laughs> Yesterday, I got an email from a hacker saying that my oncologist had been hacked and they put in the email all my private information and said if I didn't pay $50,000, it would be posted on the dark web. Right after that, I opened my mail and my orthopedic surgeon had been hacked. They both suggested putting freezes on my credit and signing up for credit monitoring. Two of the three credit bureaus made it easy to freeze my credit, but Equifax's website wasn't working. By this time, I was tired and frustrated, so I called Equifax and went round and round in their voicemail. I finally got somebody, and by that time, I was cranky. I asked him to freeze my credit. He said he had to verify that I was who I was, and even though we tried two different ways of verifying, giving him all the right info, he said he couldn't verify me. I realized later that he probably had all the right info, and I was verified, but he was getting back at me for being so cranky. Of course my mind reacted, but then I recognized I was caught in reaction, and as you well know, reactions can be very seductive. I am right and he is wrong. But who was the person that was paying the price for my reaction? I was. My whole system was upset. Truly upset. I went and sat meeting the angry, vengeful one and then opening my heart to this man. I was being cranky with a fellow human being, and he didn't deserve that. After meeting all this, I re-entered the flow of my day. Even a few years ago, that upset would have stayed with me the whole day. Instead, with mindfulness and heartfulness, it passed right on through. Reaction is a part of life, for it will continue to contract and expand. Open and close for the rest of your life. And you do have the choice as to whether you're going to give your reactions the energy they need to continue their game of struggle, drawing you into their world, or the choice to shift your attention into response, understanding that whatever is showing up in your life is supposed to be here it is your teacher, even the most challenging of challenges. I hope my experiences have shown you that you don't have to follow your reactions down the rabbit hole of struggle. Instead, 
You can bring curiosity and compassion into whatever you are experiencing, so struggle can move right on through you much more quickly, and you can come home to the spacious delight that you truly are. You may find at the beginning you use the skills we have explored to try to make the unpleasant go away. That's just our mind. That's what it does. It's so geared that I will be happy when I can get rid of what I don't like and get what I do like. And that's the endless game of struggle. We have been so conditioned. If we just stop or get rid of something, then we'll be okay. Don't judge yourself for doing this. Simply recognize it. And when you can give your full accepting attention to whatever you are experiencing, you can then let your attention work its magic. Life needs you to become smarter than your reactions. Human reactions all over the world are causing so much suffering, so much heartache. But we are living in a time of evolutionary opportunity. Just like the oceans were made out of drops of water, and which drop of water was not important, one person at a time, humanity will mature from reaction to response. And we will discover how to see the sacredness of every particle of our planet and the sacredness of every being that lives here. And then humanity will become one with the creative flow of life. If you are listening to this before January 31st, 2024, I am offering my online course, The Gift of Our Compulsions, on a sliding scale, and it goes from $50 to $397, which is its normal price. And if $50 is too much for you, then let us know. This course works on the premise that our core compulsion is to struggle. And all the others, all the way from biting your fingernails to uh, screen time to drugs, alcohol, and food, are an attempt to numb out from the pain that comes from struggling with life rather than being open to life, dancing with it with deep trust and joy. And each week there's a, a another really insightful way to work with struggle, to work with your compulsions. And of course, at the end of each week, there are invitations to bring uh, all sorts of, of exercises and meditations into your life. I'm doing this because I feel so strongly that, as I said earlier, we are in a time of evolutionary opportunity. That life is an unfolding process, and at one time on this planet, there were no human beings, but slowly and surely, we started showing up. And mostly, the whole time that we've been here, we have been lost in this comparing, judging mind. And, you know, it has helped us survive but it hasn't allowed us to thrive. 
And so with the chaos, I mean, the Middle East, the, the, all the refugees, you know, on our planet, the, the Ukraine war, the, the Kim Jong un, you know, creating, um, nuclear warheads that can go all the way to the United States. This is life inviting us not to get seduced into fear, not to get seduced into numbing ourselves out, but to begin to work with how our mind struggles and slowly and surely become smarter than the struggling mind so you can be a healing presence in the world that as you move through your life, you become like the sun, loving awareness, shining equally on all beings. So I want to leave you with the words to the song, This Is To Mother You. And I will ask Asia to put a link. You can listen to it on YouTube. Uh, we'll put a link on my radio show page. And I just want to thank Sinead O'Connor for this so insightful, so heartwarming, so profoundly true and beautiful song. This is to mother you, to comfort you and get you through, through when your nights are lonely, through when your dreams are only blue. This is to mother you. This is to be with you, to hold you, and to kiss you, too. For when you need me, I will do what your own mother didn't do, which is to mother you. All the pain that you have known, all the violence in your soul, all the wrong things they have done, I will take from you when I come. All mistakes made in distress, all of your unhappiness, I will take away with my kiss. Yes, I will give you tenderness. For child, we are so glad we found you, although our arms have always been around you. Sweet bird, although you did not see us, we see you. And I am here to mother you, to comfort you, and get you through, through when your nights are lonely, through when your dreams are only blue. This is to mother you. So thank you so much for listening. I thank you for all the children that are going to come after us that May their hearts not have to close as deeply as our hearts did when we were young in order to survive. And I will ask Asia if she can actually put the song at the end of this show. I don't know if she can, but uh, if she can't, then we'll have the link on the uh, on the Dream Visions on my page on Dream Visions. So you can be moved by this song. And remember that the greatest gift you have to give 
to humanity is to be a healing presence for yourself, for whatever is moving through you, even if it's uncomfortable and dislikable. And the more you are a healing presence for this being, for this piece of the planet that you have been given, the more you'll become a healing presence for the world. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this edition of What's in Your Way is the Way with your host, Mary O'Malley. You can access Mary's offerings on her websites, maryomalley.com and whatsintheway.com. Join Mary next time to experience the peace and joy that is always with you on Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age. Heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.